All right, welcome to the TV Soup podcast on the Drink 5 Network. We're talking Better Call Saul tonight. The episode's name is Marco. It's the season finale of season one of Better Call Saul. could listen to that little riff all day long i think hey yo it's a good one so welcome to the tv soup podcast we are here to review the finale of better call Saul. uh we want to you know kind of recap the episode give us give you guys our thoughts about it and um you know it was the last episode in the first season uh before the season ever started we knew that it was going to be greenlit for season two so you can expect i would imagine in 12 months or so that we're going to find out you know what happens after this episode uh so dave um i must ask first are you drinking something tasty by chance absolutely uh, a staple of our show um i am drinking one of these uh wonderful beers that i uh that i brought in earlier and uh before that i had a dragonfly ipa from upland brewing very nice and uh this one is called it's uh, the acadia uh acadia ales i want to say hot mouth hot mouth double yeah. ipa it looks like it was uh the logo was straight from minecraft game or something but it's a double ipa and i think it's somewhere around eight percent alcohol and very very good a little bit dark like you mentioned earlier so it, it definitely has uh a little a little more of a mouthfeel, a little more of a malty feel than a regular double IPA, such as uh, a Hop Slam or Hopalicious or something like that. Right, right. But uh, altogether, a very pleasant drink, and it's 8% alcohol, so it is certainly doing its job. Doing the job. Got it. Got it. Lubricating the circuits. <laughs> All right, so we started off last week's episode, and it was a flashback, right? I believe that when we were talking about the episode before we watched it, I said, it's totally going to start with a flashback, which is a very cheap prediction, all things considered, because they started off many episodes with flashbacks. Uh, so you see Marco, who is uh, Todd, who is the only nice guy on Last Man on Earth. Um, he's pretty good in that show. I like him there. Spoiler alert. He's, there's more than one man left on Earth. Um, so anyways, uh, <laughs> you know, they're... Uh, you get to see like so many like little scams in this episode, and I wonder like where they look them up because uh, knowing Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, they're all probably real scams that somebody has pulled on someone at some point. Oh man, it's like uh, it's like Captain Crunch. Like you can go online and just find like pages of these kinds of things, like things to pull in a bar, things to scam your friends, things to get money from. Uh, I mean. Heck, we talk a lot about the internet and this uh, like smorgasbord of, of information is just available <laughs> for these people. Can you imagine 50 years ago writing a show when you don't have that info? You'd have to like find an expert on this stuff to bring in, That's have very true. talk to you about it. Now you can just find it yourself on Google. Yeah, that's very true. That makes Vince Gilligan a lot more valuable than he used a to be. A lot more dangerous. And dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous. So, uh, this flashback takes place basically 
right after Jimmy gets bailed out of uh, prison, which is uh, part of several of the flashbacks that we had seen previously when Chuck comes to, you know, comes back to Chicago, mm-hmm. bail get, gets him out of trouble. And uh, it's this one incident that we learn about later that revolves around the Chicago sunroof, which being from Chicago, I had never heard of it before. I think it may be a new a thing unique to the Breaking Bad slash Better Call Saul universe. Did you look it up? No, but uh, remember, uh, Bill was Bill looked it up during the episode, and every entry was from today or yesterday. Is that is that because you don't want Chicago Sunroof to be in your Google search history? I just didn't think to search, look it up. No, I, I don't know if it is a, uh, a colloquialism that is from Chicago from a long time ago or not. But if it's not, they did a very good job. It makes perfect sense, and basically, it makes perfect sense. Basically, Jimmy uh, had the unfortunate. Uh, um, well, it was unfortunate because he thought that everyone was out of the car, but instead of that happening, uh, there were children still. It might in the be car. okay if people are in the car, but not certain people like children. So, can you explain the Chicago sunroof without going into graphic detail? Um, I mean, graphic is. I suppose based on your definition. So he crouched down on top of the so car, he squatted over the sunroof, and and he let the turds fly. Uh, okay, he gave him some soft serve. Soft serve <laughs> is the words they used, which was pretty hilarious. I mean, uh, I I don't know what his diet was like at the moment, but it, it sounds pretty bad if it's soft serve. <laughs> that sounds different from you know like a like a dipped cone. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do, I do. There's there's texture levels here that, that, that make all the difference. When there's a hard shell around it. Like if there was a splatter, then the children I feel much, much worse for if than if there was just like a plop and like a plop and run. A plop, a plop and, plop run. and run. Plop and run is different. Everyone can deal with a plop and run. But he got charged for indecent exposure. Right, which is possibly a little severe, but... No, it's... I mean, Think about I, what he did. He must have exposed something indecent. He well, he that's pretty. In, it's a pretty indecent act altogether. You can't pull a plop and run without indecent exposure. I you guess you cannot do a Chicago sunroof without exposing yourself. No, no. Uh, so, one of the things that I noticed in this episode is that there isn't a whole lot of actual plot advancement. Right? It's almost all just character development uh, on the side of Jimmy slash Charlie Hustle slash Slip and Jimmy slash. Saul Goodman, you know, we're about to see. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's just all about him, which it, it kind of feels like strange placement to do all of this in episode 10. Like, couldn't they have just had Marco die like a few episodes ago and done like a Jimmy episode? The good thing about Vince Gilligan the and the production crew and, and everybody there on the team now and the fact that they were renewed for season two before season one was even really going is is that they don't have to care. They can just make the show however they want to. You're very right. And I don't really care that they did it but this that's, way. But that's the reason. That's why if you compare it to other things, it's not going to have the same kind of finale. And it didn't. Right. Uh, that last other week shows was, would have. Last week was really felt like the big finale, the big climax to what was going on in the story. Well, last week would have been another show's finale. Yes. But, but this show, at least this season, is able to explore itself a little bit more fully, you know, and not have to worry about uh, not being renewed or uh, maybe the the fans not coming uh, after them, etc. Um, something interesting was that 
uh, actually last week's episode, although I thought it was one of the best of the season, had some of the worst ratings. And that is quite an interesting... Um, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. And it could have been just because of uh, its placement. Like, you know, it was right after Easter. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It no, was, this uh, week was. It I was, wonder how this week's ratings were. Because it was, it was up against the national championship. It was game. the week before uh, for Easter, etc. But But... They don't know, and, and they're not like uh, sure ahead of time what exactly they're going up against. And this is a show that's going to continue regardless of what happens this year. So the, the ultimate answer here is, we will do whatever we want to get the show to progress the way we want it to. They can do it in whatever way that they want to do it, which is great. Now, next year, it may be more difficult for them. They may have to really prove themselves depending on the ratings throughout the season. But so far, they've had no problems. Yeah, I'm sure that they would need to turn in at least one episode before they're going to get renewed. And they, they had to do that with season one as well. Oh, no, they'll be renewed. I just mean, like, next year, for, for example, three. they may not get, yeah, they, they may not get, like, the immediate renewal. Because they're not going to be the, the, the best cable TV, uh, um, what were they before? The The first season was uh, the best cable TV ratings for a season premiere. For a premiere, yeah. And that's not going to happen next year. Well, it was probably for a series premiere. Yeah. But but I'm saying that they're going to have less because that's how TV shows work. Yeah, I mean, they didn't... Unless it gets a really strong following in the off-season, so to speak, uh, and, and it picks up with a bigger... Which eventually happened to Breaking Bad, but it took a lot of time. Well, this is the opposite of Breaking Bad. It started off big and then has faded. Yeah, but but still, but the, you you know those numbers are a little deceiving because the first episode was on a Sunday night. No, no, no. I, I'm, all I'm the not, subsequent episodes were on Monday. And I'm not saying that, that there's not a, a large uh, you know viewership here because there is. But what I'm saying is there's not like that big of a viewership. Well, it's going down from the beginning ratings because there are people that aren't interested. Because there's not uh, the same kind of stuff that was on Breaking Bad. And, Very true. And so there are some people that have fallen off. However, it is still uh, it's still a season in general and a show in general that has very good ratings for this cable network that it's on. And it's going to be one that probably extends for, for quite a while. All I was saying earlier was that in season two, they'll have to prove themselves slightly more than in season one. Yeah, so... Uh... According to Variety uh, website, the um, ratings for the finale were up. Good in the first season, and you know they finished, you know, strong for the whole season. Um, so, like they, like you were saying, it was the biggest ever uh, premiere, right? Uh, in the eighteen to forty nine range, it was a three point five range. You know, the, the range that everyone wants to be in, it was huge. Um, so they did well despite being up against the the national championship game, which is a good sign. So um, they were a million viewers more than the Breaking Bad first season finale. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're doing very well. So, so you were talking about uh, uh, the way that it began and uh, and him coming back to his uh, his hometown, which was uh, or at least the town he grew up in was Cicero. Cicero, yeah. And uh, meeting up with this guy who used to be sort of uh, compatriots with at the bar. Yes. Uh, well, he meets up with Marco after he basically goes to Howard H. Howard Hamlin, gives him the case. Um, 
And he has this great scene before he makes it to Chicago where he is reading off the bingo numbers, right? And uh, I think you commented on it during the uh That was one show. of the longest monologues I've ever seen. Yes, yes. It was, it, it was what? Was it like six minutes? There was a guy who had two lines in it. The guy who was asking about the bingo ball. <laughs> it was the only other lines. But it, it, in all intents and purposes, that was a monologue. It was super long. He was just going through all of these... Uh, you know, it, it felt so struggled. Like he was really just trying to like come up with all these different uh, words to go with the bees. Well, and then after that, he started going on a tirade, and I and I read that Bob Odenkirk actually uh, tried really hard to to say this uh, monologue word for word as written, which would be very hard for a writer. I mean, a, a, for an actor. An actor. Yeah, I mean, it would probably feel a lot more natural to improvise at some point during that especially for a guy with his background well to do it via memorization then you have to have one part of your brain uh pulling up all of those words and what phrases comes next and then you have to have the other part trying to be the actor yes. so you're you're Excuse separating me. it and and it's difficult because you have facial expressions and uh all those underlying meanings about things and yeah so uh, he did a really good job there. I thought yeah. that it was uh, it was a fun scene. I think I, everyone who's seen it should watch that scene again. I really enjoyed that monologue. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of see where Saul Goodman uh, is coming from in that scene. I think uh, he's he's kind of. Uh, I don't think we see Saul though yet. Still. No, no, not yet. Not not definitely not Saul. Like he starts out and he's very slick talking. He's able to, uh, you know, just. Talk to everybody really easily. It's really easy for him to talk to the old people and stuff. Um, and then he kind of tries to uh, tell him this story to get on his side. And it all just kind of backfires on him. We don't really stick around to see like everyone going like, what the hell did this guy just talk about? Well, it wasn't for them to get on his side. It was because he blew up because he exploded. Right. He had no... He had to leave. I mean, he. Yeah. It's not. it's not for them. It's for him. Exactly. Exactly. It would be like if you came That's back from a particularly bad day at at work and uh and you come home and uh and everybody is just like isn't things aren't things wonderful? Like aren't things wonderful? Aren't things wonderful? <laughs> Everything's so nice. Isn't it wonderful? Aren't things wonderful? And you're like, "No, they're not wonderful." <laughs> uh it's to that to a bigger degree to this is all building up the entire season. Um this is kind of the bomb that goes off, right? After after the revelation of Chuck, and, right, and all what right. what happened in the penultimate uh, episode. Yes, I love using that word penultimate. Me too. Okay, so as you were saying, Jimmy makes it back to Cicero, um, and I really like the way that they represented Cicero. I doubt that they actually filmed in the Chicago area, but when they were there, maybe I just wanted to believe it, but it felt like Chicago. Well, Philly felt like Philly. They did a really good job of that. And I, I don't know either, but I assume it was still in, you know, uh, New Mexico. Yes, that's where they film everything. I'm sure that they can dress up a block or two. But they made it look like look Cicero. Right. They really did. And, and uh, we know because we've been to Cicero. Sure. I mean, a lot of just the Chicago area just has that sort of look to it. Well, it's it's these brick buildings. These like one, these uh, like two-story like row houses. Like, you know, yeah. we know what that looks like. Yeah. The same style, you know, throughout much of... The outlying area mm. in Chicago. Uh, so, anyways, um, you know, when they arrived at the scene, I immediately called out, "It's not a flashback," because of course you could tell that the blue filter wasn't there. Uh, we weren't in the Matrix, so to speak. Um, 
So Marco, I believe, was sitting on the same bar stool that he was sitting on when Jimmy had the talk like, you don't want to spend the rest of your life on this bar stool, right? Of course he was. Yeah. Which is funny because he spent almost the rest of his life, except for that very last week, on that bar stool. Yes. Uh, uh, the the foreshadowing here is very uh, succinct. And, uh, and, and generally, if you look at what someone says in the past, if there's any kind of foreshadowing at all to it or any kind of like, this is going to happen in the future, it happens in the future. Yeah, you know, this episode especially was sort of doing that a little too blatantly for my tastes. Um, I don't think that it's a case of me just being able to pick up on them so well. They, they, they made them very obvious in this episode. But but again, you know the the director here and the producer and the actors like this show wants to be like that. It wants to be one of those things that you study in film class. It's like uh, you know why don't we view Better Call Saul? Let's yeah, let's look at all of the use of shadows, the shadows, the Better coloring of the clothing, everything. Yeah. Everything is uh, very derivative. fire and ice in Better Call Saul. Everything is very derivative and and very like, but but it's okay. Because the show is it's executed so well. The show itself is not necessarily. It's just the way they film it and do it all. Uh, pays attention to all those cues yeah. and all of those things that uh, have come from movies and TV past. And, and I think that this group of people is great at it. Uh, one of the reasons why it bothered me in this episode is because, like I said earlier, I felt like this episode belonged... Most of what happened in this episode should have happened in an earlier episode. In my opinion, because it didn't. No, this wasn't a season finale. Right, it wasn't a season. But finale. that's what I'm saying. They're they're able to do they whatever don't need they want to do that. Right. So they're just like playing with us now. Yeah. They're like, you know what? It's just another episode. This is just how we're gonna do it. Yep. Because they don't care. They're like, oh, we have season two. It's fine. Like they're 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 getting confident about this. They're getting cocky. Yeah. And uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing as uh, from the viewpoint of a director and, and all that because we want them to be cocky. We want them to be confident. We want them to, to tell us the story the way they want to tell it. Yeah, and it's working out so far. Uh, so one of the really fun parts of this episode was the crazy-ass montage, right? So they, they wind up scamming this guy to sort of get the spark back with the west-facing Kennedy, you know, making it, making it, uh, making what one hundred and ten dollars on a fifty-cent piece, hmm. you know, and then the guy just kind of runs away. And it's funny too because uh, when when he's trying to sell Marco on it, you know, it's part of the act. It, he's really, he really does sound like he's full of shit. You know, he's kind of making it sound that way. He like he's a freaking expert at what he does. In terms of scamming people. And the whole sale, the whole, like, the real scam here is when Marco does the phone thing. Jimmy leaves, Marco is on the phone, uh, and does a great job at selling, like, uh, having gotten some sort of really good information and wanting to keep it on the DL. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really fun, like, way of dissecting the... The scam, and we saw probably like a dozen scams on this. So they had uh, a Nigerian prince, they had Irish lottery tickets, a violin, money, uh, quote unquote, coated in like a black chemical that they got to rub off. Uh, so cars in a bad neighborhood. He impersonated Kevin Costner, and they uh, were just like getting wasted and making tons of money the whole time. 
but, so, but it wasn't tons of money though. It was it was enough money because that was slipping Jimmy. Uh, that's the whole reason why at the end of the episode he wants to do one more for a lot of money. So that, but he said he doesn't want to. He doesn't care about the money. Uh, no, he he's leaving. He wants a bunch of money. He has no money. They they live in a crappy apartment. Uh, if that even is an apartment, I don't know. Uh, they have nothing to speak of. He's sleeping on an air mattress. You know, like no, Jimmy was just staying with him for a week. That's all. Yes, Jimmy had plenty of money. When and, I like, say the whole thing when I say he, I, I don't. You're talking mean... about Marco. Correct. Okay. So what, what he so wants? Marco is... has a job. But but his job is crap. Right, he doesn't want to do it. He wants to. But it's not it's not even a high paying job. It's crap. He's he all, that's to... why he's living here. Why well, he doesn't have a guest bedroom for Jimmy? What he wants is one last kickoff. And he also probably kind of knows that he's not doing very well, as we see from more foreshadowing that's very blatant in the episode. He's you know pounding his chest. He's coughing. He's like, yeah. oh my heart is stopping almost. Yeah, apparently he is not in very good health, and he isn't from the beginning. So we know that he is like you know back and forth from you know having serious health problems. Um, in fact, like when that scene happened, uh, uh, and I'm sure you'll talk about it in a second. Well, yeah, that's you know what we've moved on to. So continue. Well, so they do this uh, this whole watch scam, right? Right. Uh, which is the one that happened in the very beginning of Better Call Saul. Right. Uh, and that was a different person, and we did kind of think when we were watching it, like maybe this was. Uh, back to the beginning, but that, it's obviously not the case. Right. Um, when I same, go back, same alley, different. Uh, yeah, person. it's something they've done before. Yeah. Um, and and what you find out uh, when you're when you're watching the episode is that he was already not doing very well, and so when he collapses, like I kind of knew already that he was dead. Yeah, I mean that was a really weird anticlimactic way of. Like doing that. One of the things that the way it felt, anyway. I like this show a lot, and and we've done a lot of TV review things before. Like this is one of the shows that I'm not I'm not gonna like give up on or say I don't like anymore because it's not the case. There were shows that I that I did that to, but not this one. But I am a little worried that like uh, you know the the people in charge of this particular program just don't care anymore. Because there are a couple things you see just like that that are like, yeah, we know that's going to happen. Okay, it happens. Great. If if you look at the show, like say you were to watch 15 minutes of it and pause it, then you could probably determine what the next 15 minutes would be within a fair amount of accuracy. Well, you know, I mean, there was a lot of twists in Breaking Bad, but it's almost famous for its ending being rather twist-free. Yeah, I like I said, I I really like this show, so I'm not going to say anything bad about it. But uh, it's just, you know, there are certain things that that I wish that weren't as predictable as they are. Right. That's all. Right. And I mean, you never know. Maybe that uh, maybe there was no good way to make that sort of an unpredictable twist. Therefore, it's better as a responsible storyteller to just get it out of the way. Well, it's almost more like. I just don't really like uh, how how much the show just goes from tangent to tangent, and it's kind of like exploring what is the audience like. You know, it's like, uh, do they like um, a toilet that makes fun of you when you poop in it? Oh man, uh, does it? Does, Thank you, Chandler. <laughs> does does it? Uh, does the show like having like a, a super 
uh, macho Jedi guy like Mike uh, just humiliate other Super bodyguards? macho Jedi guy. I like that. I mean... Obi-Wan Air- Airman Trout. Does the show just want a bunch of slapstick humor uh, and, and falling in funny ways? Does the show prefer neon signs in your face? I mean, like, th- this show doesn't... It can't decide what it is that it wants to be. I feel like it's constantly exploring what it could be. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, kind of waiting, like... Like, there's this group of people and sitting in a room. They're like, what are the analytics? We're waiting for the analytics. Did they like the toilet? <laughs> Did they like... Should we have more toilet or less toilet? I'm not sure about that kind of humor. Well, it's not like they changed the episode from week to week based on that. No, but they're all over the place. So, I feel like this season one was more of, like, a... Let's get all the information we can from our audience based on what they like when they like it, and then let's model season two after what they like the most. Find find the key audience things that they like and just do that. I don't know that it is. It, that I would be totally happy if they much. did that. By the way, because then they could laser focus on what people that actually like the show want to see. Sure, but you know, it's not always that people who you know you don't always whatever you like isn't always the best thing. For a, a show. Well, no, but that's why they did so many things. So they could figure out what people liked. I guess. We'll see what happens. I think that it's going to be quite varied again in season two. Perhaps. There'll be a lot of it. Uh, so, you know, Jimmy uh, has to deal with Marco dying. He gets the ring. And I hope that Marco wasn't just there the entire time to warrant Jimmy's ring that he wears throughout most of Breaking Bad. Um, but there was a surprisingly large amount of, again, obvious Breaking Bad references in this show, in this episode. So uh, Jimmy mentions Belize, which is uh, a funny line mentioned in a different uh, in a Breaking Bad episode. Uh, but but who's gonna, who's going to watch the season premiere and the season finale most of all? The biggest, the diehard fans, people who've already watched Breaking Bad. Yep, and it's that okay. So. Speaking to your point... A little bit of pandering. They're going to... Yes, exactly. They're going to see, okay, everyone does like it when we drop these things. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll pull a few more actors from Breaking Bad for season two uh, just to get everybody, you know, to watch it. And I think so, too. Uh, But but the show is still great. Uh, It is. And they can do all that and be great, which is one of the reasons why I love it. Yeah. And HBO is a is a very good medium for this kind of stuff because you can do whatever you want. It would be a great medium, but it's on AMC. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> and you can almost do whatever you want, but apparently they need to bleep out pig fucker. And I, I keep like merging AMC and HBO. It's weird. Because because HBO will allow the sex and nudity, uh and the, and the uh and the swearing. But AMC has pretty much everything besides that. Well, they have The Walking Dead, which is just like super violence, uber violence. Yeah, yeah, but they're already dead. <laughs> I mean, kill something that's already dead. It's not really. It's not that. It's not that. It's not as uh, impactful. It's not that impactful. <laughs> I don't know. I, that's a different topic. But but yeah. So man, my apologies. I must have had too much of this amazing beer. <laughs> uh. So uh, Marco said something as he was dying, and what I do, think it had a say? big effect on Jimmy. He kind of just smiles and says, you know, like, he's like he knows he's dying. He's like, it's okay. You know, I just had the most fun week of my life. Referring to uh, the week that he just spent with Jimmy just scamming people and getting wasted and getting laid and uh, just generally living life and having a really good time. Um, and I think that it really sticks with Jimmy because uh, 
Marco may have been one of his only real friends, right? What what part of that stuck with Jimmy? The part where like he did all the the crazy stupid things? The the of his whole life that was the best week of his life. For the Marco or for Jimmy? Life. For Marco. Cuz I think Jimmy realizes that that's the most fun he's also had in a long time. Maybe it's not the best week of his life, but I bet it's the most fun he's had in quite a long time. So you think that's one of, one of those things that will drive him along his path to 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 do this kind of stuff more to often? To becoming Saul. Because he prefers that to uh, a regular you know lifestyle? I think he does. I think he has... I think he knows what he's really good at. And that's sort of being a swindler right being a scam guy a little bit and but he's always he's always shied away from that he's always no he's always wanted to impress his older brother and he knew that he had to get away from that eventually if he was going to impress his older brother but now he's going back to that's why he spent the last 10 years doing that but now he's going back to perhaps being a lead lawyer on because fuck chuck well maybe i mean look that doesn't end up happening in the episode but I, I think that basically what Jimmy thinks in, in that in that mind frame is but regardless like, of, of he's what, got no one left to impress. Regardless of what Chuck wanted, he still wanted to do that case. He was all about that case. Jimmy at the time really wanted to do that case. But after having spent a week in Chicago, he then goes and doesn't even make it inside the building. In the parking lot, he just stops and he turns around and he goes and he has a rant to Mike and he's like we had a 1.6 million dollars why didn't we just take it yeah like what's wrong with us and um in a very Frank Underwood moment and do you watch House of Cards no okay so one of the things that uh that show is infamous for is that the main character will speak directly to the viewer yeah he breaks the fourth wall yeah and it felt at the very end of the episode that that's what happened. That's what uh, Jimmy was doing. He was um, he was just like he, he. What did he say? Something along the lines of like, "That's never gonna stop me again." You know. No, I mean, he. he I wanted him to like throw on a pair of shades. We're and, used to him talking just to himself a, from the first episode. Well, where he, was, he was talking to Mike. Where he's in the bathroom talking to himself and saying, you know, like, uh, what does he say when he tries to get ready for a case? Oh, uh, not is it? It's not like Showtime. Yeah, or, Showtime. Yeah, uh, but we're already used to that. So, showtime. So the, I don't think there's any fourth wall in this show, but I understand where you're coming from. Uh, you, you kind of want that to be talking to you because you want you want to see him turn into Saul, but I don't think that's happening, and I don't think that's going to happen in the second season either. I think they're going to drag this out because, I mean, let's be honest, it makes money. Yeah, it's not like. Next season he's going to be Saul, and then it's Breaking Bad, and then the next season is Breaking Bad. No, they're going to make this as long as they can make this while having good character development. And I love Bob Odenkirk, and I'm not saying that they're doing it for money. I'm saying that they need to do it for the show, for the character development, because he's not there yet. Because there's probably a lot of other stuff that happens. Yeah, and I know uh, this guy. Vince he's going to be a lot closer to the bingo caller that just snapped. Than like smooth talking Saul Goodman. Yeah, so th- th- there's still a lot of good and bad that happens here. There's a lot of Kim and Shock, and and we haven't seen it all yet. Um, and I'm just glad that we we're More not Howard gonna, Hamlin. We're not going to get a whole ton of of uh, 
Well, I shouldn't say that. Never mind. I'm going to stop. You're going to jinx yourself, Dave. Nope. Because we all know who your least favorite character is in this show. I didn't say anything. Starts with a C. Anyway, rhymes with fuck. <laughs> but but I uh, I did enjoy the show. Um, I I didn't really like the montage uh, towards the end where it was kind of super like '60s James Bond kind of weird like superimposed image thing. When they were doing all the scams, I was not a fan. Oh, that was fun. But you know, I am a sucker for the montages on this show. That was like uh, that was like you know video editing 101. <laughs> it really felt like it. Uh, but it's okay because I think that was sort of the point. I know it's supposed to be super cheesy. I just yeah, I thought it was a little over the top. Sure. Is all, uh, but I do like the show. I like the series. I think it was a good one. Um, and I'm uh, you know, it's all good, man. Well put. <laughs> so, um, at the end of the episode, Jimmy's driving away. He's humming along to "Smoke on the Water," right? Uh, I looked up the song, and it's an interesting thing. The story in Smoke on the Water that they sing about, and the whole song in general, is a story about uh, a true event that happened. It was basically a casino that burned down. So they were going to, Deep Purple was going to record there, and that night Frank Zappa and the mothers were playing there, and like somebody shot a flare-off in the audience. And it wound up burning the entire complex down. Huh. And like the smoke on the water was because it's it was next to Lake Geneva in Switzerland, and the, the smoke on the water was the smoke the next day from the uh, fire like drifting over the water and stuff so, like that. So, so um, obvious question then, right? Uh, probably has an obvious answer. Who? What's the smoke on the water? Um, I mean that would be like the ruin of uh. What's his face? Of Marco drifting into Jimmy. His uh, spirit. Well, the, the, the smoke the smoke is probably an object. So is Jimmy the smoke on the water that ruins Cicero by going back to it? Well, I don't think he's he's going to go to... He's going to like stay in Albuquerque, I think. Especially now that Marco's dead. Well, wouldn't that make more sense? Is like like a fog that drifts through and then goes somewhere else? Uh, what I'm what I'm asking. Sure. Is, well, I mean, I think just the general story about like burning down a gambling house. Yeah, of course. So there's a direct sort of uh, of analogy. It's kind there. of like Marco, a little bit more Marco than Jimmy, I'd say. So you don't think the 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 smoke itself uh, is is being referred to, but the song and the meaning behind the song. Right. Right. I don't think it's as direct, uh, cor- like one to one correlation there. But doesn't it make sense that like everywhere that Jimmy goes, like people get fucked up and, and craziness happens? Like, because that's what he excels at. He's kind of like the smoke. He thrives on chaos. On the water. <laughs> well put, Dave. Uh, it's an idea. I don't know. I mean, look, look nothing is perfect, especially uh, those things that, that people that create TV series uh, are, are thinking yeah. However, uh, it is possible that uh, we can, you know, reverse engineer what they're thinking. So, I agree with you, Jason. I mean, obviously, the, the song has meaning, and uh, they reinforce that many times during the episode. So, I, I do think that it has something to do with that, and, and probably foreshadows something as well. Uh, because you wouldn't put something all over the entire season finale unless it had something to do with the beginning of the next series as well. Very true. 
And I don't know what that would be. And they're gonna, they're totally gonna link it because they can. They know that it's there. Or later in the season, you'll just. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I was noticing it like you know Game of Thrones does it. You know I noticed at the very beginning of season two, Tyrion's whistling a tune that becomes very popular in the show like a whole season later. Um, but you know that's one of the things that filmmakers love because they know that people are gonna be able to pick up on this. Okay. And then everyone's sort of in this secret club. Who all get it. So as a whole, Better Call Saul Season 1, uh, give me a letter grade. Well, we just had a discussion the other night about how we dislike letter grades. We dislike letter grades, huh? Or at least... Well, I, is, a, is a number grade worse? At least I do. Okay. What about five stars? Out of five stars. Okay, look. I, so if we were to grade all of the series that I've seen over the past couple years... If I was able to make it so that I had breathing room to give something a really good rating if I thought it was better than the things that I had previously seen, um, that's the real problem, isn't it? Like, sure. You uh, can't give something five stars and then see something much later that is so much better. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like I would give this show something like a like an A, but okay. but I think I have to give it more like a B plus. I understand. So that's what I'm giving it. Because I think there are shows that I've seen that are better, but I think this is very well done, very well acted, very well directed, very well written. And it leaves room for improvement. Or with a second season. Right. But yes, so I'm I'm going to go ahead and give it a B plus. Excellent. I like uh, I like the way that you broke that down. Well, obviously, you have to give it a letter grading as well. Okay. Well, I um... if that's what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the Vince Gilligan stuff. Uh, it took me a while to get into Breaking Bad, but I really respected it towards the end. Uh, and it was because, you know, character they were able to have such great characters, yes. Um, I see that coming now. So I would give it an A-. minus. Um, with <laughs> I don't want to give the exact same grade you gave. Uh, he wants to give with it With a thought plus. that, you know, it could totally... Uh, move up with uh, subsequent seasons. Or move down. Excellent. Or move down. It, it certainly could. Excellent. I don't expect it to. Okay. Well, then, well at least we're around the same area. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people that would they would just jump on board the train and, and not even care where it's going. So I'm glad that you... It happens. You have that sensibility about yourself. It happens. Yeah. All right, well, um, I want to thank you guys for listening to us uh, give our thoughts over the last 10 weeks about, actually, it's only been nine weeks, about Better Call Saul. Um, I think we both really enjoyed the show as we uh, just discussed. We gave it pretty good letter grades. Um, So uh, is there anything else that you're looking forward to in season two of Better Call Saul? Hmm. Well, I guess I'm I'm looking forward to more court cases, and uh, and Chuck either becoming better or becoming no more. Yeah, that's, that's he's got to go one way or the other for that, for sure. So uh, make sure that you check us out on our website, drink5.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're at drink5. Twitter.com/slash/drink5. Facebook, drink5. Uh, Facebook.com/slash/drink5network. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, check us out on 
Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the services. Stitcher and Stitcher, all, all the other podcast saying. networks that you can get a hold of. And, and please make sure to review and rate our podcast. It will make us uh, you know, a little bit more present out there. And uh, remember, we're live on almost every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Uh, if you are listening live, we are actually not doing a show next week, which is on the, uh, the, 14th the 14th of April. But you know what? There's probably about two or three times per year which we're not live. So if you are not listening live, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Or in a couple minutes. Ha, 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 ha.